Sweaters Club guys. As always, I'm your host, Mikey Moore. Tonight, we're joined by one of my favorite bands in Australia, The Comfort. After a successful East Coast release tour, the boys and I got deep about Space, Sayerson, and their new album, Experience Everything, Live and Die, which to my surprise does not have a photo of the James Webb telescope as the cover. Anyway, find out the story behind that and so much more in the episode. Listen in. Okay, welcome back to the Sweaters Club, guys. I'm here with Marcus and Dom from Queensland Scene Royalty, The Comfort. How are we, boys? Very good, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, good, thanks, man. Good stuff. You're doing all right. Good to hear. Um, So you guys have just been pretty busy since the release of your new album, Experience Everything, Live and Die, which was um, put out November of uh, last year. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, how's the response to the record been and how, how good has it been getting out on the road and playing the songs on tour? Pretty crazy. So, like, it, it, it's a bit funny because it feels like it was, like, go, 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 everything, like, when the, um, what's my dog doing? He's trying to get in here. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it feels like it was, like, go, go, go as soon as the record came out. Well, I mean, the six months leading up to it as well. And then it was, like, get, get the tour booked, do the tour, do all this stuff, and then, like, we got this like Sayerson show a couple of weeks after the tour. So we're all pumped about that. And then now I've been in Brazil for like a month. So I've just come back and it feels like it's so long ago, but it really <laughs> wasn't. Oh my God, <laughs> Paris. Yeah. Don went to Brazil. I went to New Zealand. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we both just holidayed. And yeah. I think Liam's holidaying. Yeah. I think Liam's head down to Blue Mountains today or maybe tomorrow um so that's why he can't be with us on the podcast today but the, he's staying in this like cool little bubble where they look at the stars all night where it's like a like almost like a glamping sort of thing but it's a see-through bubble where you can just like stare at the stars all night and it's pitch black holy shit that sounds amazing yeah so he's stoked like so up his alley to be looking at like space <laughs> yeah for sure what happens when the uh the sun comes up does he sort of just cook in there or that's a good question i don't know <laughs> Maybe not in the Blue Mountains. It's probably freezing still. Yeah, yeah, true that actually. Yeah, well, um, yeah, just uh, you've recently visited Melbourne on the tour, which was awesome. I, I read that you guys sold out the show, which would have been incredible on an album release tour. It was awesome, man. Like we, we played, um, was it Bad Decisions? Is that the bar, I think? Um, and, and it's like this tiny little room sort of thing. So you just sort of pack as many people as you can into this thing. And it just felt like an old school floor show, which we don't really get too often anymore like yeah yeah you play your stages and like it just doesn't um i think those venues just cease to exist a little bit so it was nice to have one that really felt like that old school vibe of like when we first started playing music and getting into like the, the hardcore and punk scenes and stuff before the comfort and playing shows and all those other bands like literally just on like a like a ballet studio floor or whatever it's got that vibe about it but it's also sick far yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a cool little venue, actually. I think it's mm. Melbourne really needed something sort of that size to like bridge the gap between, you know, the smaller For ones sure. and the, the big ones. So yeah, Bad Decisions is um a great space we've got here in Melbourne. We're really lucky to to have it. Um, so yeah, coming on the tour, what, what's been your favorite song off the record to play live? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the one that people like the most has probably been. You reckon Conformist, Marcus? Yeah, so Conformist is like one of the most fun ones to play to see like the um, audience like reaction and stuff. 
but it's so hard to sing and scream and stuff that I just don't. I it's like I, one I do not look forward to singing at all. So maybe Grace <laughs> is probably one of my favorite ones to play. It's got this like upbeat energy, and you just can sort of like move around and have some fun with it and stuff as well. And it, it I think also because pre playing it in my head, it was going to be this song that was going to be super hard to play. I wasn't looking forward to it. I was thinking. I uh, probably won't ever play that song. And then we chose it as a single and I went, oh, shit, sure. I have to learn this. <laughs> but so then when we actually like got in the studio and learned it properly and like played it all together and then did the, um, did, like brought it out on tour, it was so surprising and fun to me to feel that like, oh, I like there's another aspect to this song that that I didn't realize was there, like just from the recording to like bring into a live setting. And it was just like a lot of fun to play around with. Yeah, I think sure. Grace, Grace for sure is probably my favorite one to play live. All the upbeat ones were definitely yeah, very 100%. fun. Love is a dying plant. Oh yeah, love is a dying plant. That's actually one of my favorites off the the record, actually. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, that that feels like we've been playing that for like five years too, but we probably hasn't. It just feels <laughs> a like little that. bit. <laughs> <laughs> we we played like different versions of it and stuff like um throughout like the writing process, like as it was kind of evolving and like. Um, coming with us and it was going to be like the lead single on the record we had all these like different versions and like um maybe like upgrades to it that we played and brought out on tour just to test things yeah. before mm-hmm. even going into the studio so that's actually probably equal to grace is like my favorite one to play live yeah wicked and um the more upbeat ones does that sort of factor into picking a set list for these shows yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think for shows um, like support shows where we're playing with a band, the Sason one's a good example. They're like, you know, a bit more upbeat, heavy. We probably wouldn't play a, one of our slow, sad songs at a show like that, especially because yeah. they're not there to see us. You know, you kind of want to just win the crowd over. Mm-hmm. Um, but for like a headline tour, then we definitely want variety. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess with the headline, we, we played like, um, it was like an hour long set. So it was like, we need to figure out where we sit those really quick, upbeat, like rockier sort of songs, but still want to play that um, more uh, like chilled, laid back, long, drawn out stuff that the comfort sort of really, um, I, I guess you sort of know us for in, in some aspect. So mm. it was like, how do we start the song? I start the set with these like heavy, quick songs and then lead into the the slower stuff come back and bring home strong with like the quick ones again yeah <clears throat> gotta make it a journey yeah for sure but then like as marcus is saying like when you're playing supporting someone else or whatever you're trying to win people over with like energy and then so you can't play yeah. those five minute songs with like two minute instrumental outro and no vocals and stuff <laughs> you know that's the stuff that we want to play <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> well like uh, going going back to the record i, I was actually um and I remember you guys announcing this, but the cover of the record is taken from the James Webb Telescope, um, and it's a, it's a NASA photo of, I guess, the stars. Um, it's such a cool photo, and really like sort of, I guess, captures the vibe of the music as well. In a sense, um, how how does it work getting a photo like that to use for an album cover? Do you have to like contact NASA? Do you have to pay a licensing fee, or how does that work? So so. I think that was a Liam lie. 
the James <laughs> Webb telescope. Okay. Because <laughs> like it was all it was all like a all the hype of like James Webb telescope had just been announced as like these are the first images we get. And we were like, let's just put off like a little funny thing of like, oh, we got early access and that's our album cover. Um <laughs> shit. Okay. I've been hard. <laughs> and we yeah, I think we had a few people by accident. We it was always meant to be like, you you know, we're just talking shit here. But um no, so but the cover though was like um we kind of felt like something with space and stars and the Milky Way was like, it really puts you into like, um, makes you feel uh, like small and makes you feel like um, you're only this tiny piece in the universe. And that's kind of like dives into the whole um, theme of the record of like, everything is just your, your internal, like your one experience. And it's just one type of, experience you can have and there's all this like vastness out there that you need to think about um and so i think with the image our designer just sort of went hey um like here's all these ones we can purchase and and buy to use um and gave us a list of like 50 and we just went through and we're like and just tested every single one being like okay which one's gonna work here before we bought them and (laughs) to see what was gonna work and everything but i'm really really stoked with how the artwork worked out yeah it looks fantastic um so i also i I, before this interview i went back and i listened to every single comfort release front to back um it's a a really cool experience because um, (laughs) there's there's so much growth but one thing i noticed as well is it seems like experience everything live and die seems to recapture some of some of the post hardcore vibes from the love ep as well um was that sort of a conscious choice to get to go back to that well um because i know what it is to be was sort of more uh alternative rock leaning sort of stadium vibes yeah marcus can probably talk to that a little bit more but um i'll just say quickly that like um it was almost like a direct response for us because we we released love had like a lot of um uh, somewhat some success globally in who listened to it and stuff and we got access to all these new fans and then when we did what it is to be a lot of those same fans went, oh, that was like what happened to the heavier edge you had. And we were like, it's kind of the same. You just got to listen to like the little bits of it. And it's not maybe not as aggressive, but it's we've got the same um, theme and vibe and idea around our music. So then experience everything felt like it needed to have some of that to hit your face straight away so people would listen to the record. And it wasn't like it was ever not a part of us. It was just like, that wasn't the record what it is to be needed to be would you, would you agree marcus because marcus wrote like yeah majority of that music and and it felt like when you were writing it was like direct response to making it how can we make our style that heavy bit again to some extent it was more a response to i think our live shows mm. um because playing all the what it is to be tracks like it wasn't as fun it just didn't yeah. have the same energy. Mm-hmm. And while it was still great to have those songs, I kind of just wanted to have the energy amongst it as well. So a lot of the music came before the vocals. I just sat down and recorded a bunch of different tracks. They all sound fairly different without vocals, I would say. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, they could have fit on like several different bands kind of thing until you put our vocals over the top. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's really cool because I think – a lot of the times where where you see bands 
attempt to to revisit like their roots and try and do their old stuff it sort of sounds a bit forced but it still sounds like a, a natural progression to to have some of those heavier bits reintroduced and especially you brought up conformist before which is probably my personal favorite off the record um that track just absolutely rips yet still fits in with the, the rest of the slower songs as well it doesn't sound like too far apart oh that's awesome thank you that track changed quite a bit it did yeah it was a lot slower initially, wasn't it? And it was like this, like almost sludgy kind of like um, yeah. big rock song, I guess, rather than the the. It's I mean, it, it became anthemic, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But it used to also mm. have a totally yeah. different bridge that sounded that's a right. lot like yeah. a Paramore <laughs> song. So, like a Paramore song, I can't even remember yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I just remember <laughs> Liam kept saying it sounded a bit like. A certain Paramore song. I can't remember which one. True. So, yeah, I remember at some point with Conformist, Liam just said to you, can you just, he's like, I'm going to leave this in your hands. Can you write something different? And you just nailed it first go. <laughs> I think he might have said the words, say this in. I say think he did. And, and heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Um, another one of my favorites off the record is actually uh, Supernova. Um, as I said, I noticed yeah. when I was listening to the lyrics, has some really clever throwback references to some of your old material. And um, also, let's be yeah. real, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to argue about it. Probably the best Oasis song ever written. Um, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> for sure, yes. <laughs> yeah, Champagne Supernova for for anyone who who hasn't heard, go check it out. But um, yeah, the, it, you also had the the guest vocalist um, AJ. Uh, P- is it Padomo or Padomo? Is that how you pronounce your P- name? Padomo, yeah, yeah, from um, um, Dangerous Summer. The Dangerous Summer, yeah. yeah um, it seems that it was, was there was so much like effort and thought put into that track. Um, t- give me the background of the song and, and tell me a bit about the choices that were made. Uh, do you want to start with the music, Marcus? So I was actually listening to a, a lot of the Dangerous Summer. I think they'd released a new album, Mother Nature. Yeah, it was Mother Nature. Yeah, twenty. I don't know when that was. Anyway, I was 18, just on 20, like a yeah. high, um, and just wrote the music. And I was like, "Oh, it kind of sounds a lot like the Dangerous Summer." What do you guys think? Sent it through, mm. and then yeah, Dom and Liam both loved it and just kind of took it and turned it into what it became it's, it's probably like a top three track on the record for me I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say off the top of my head um and and like i didn't have a lot to do with the music or um the vocals and stuff so like liam um he'll bring like lyrics and have like some sort of idea of what he's going to do in like the verses um and i think he brought it to me with like hey i'm I've got this really good phrasing and stuff I want to use, but I don't think I can pull it off. Can you sing it? And so we sort of worked on it together and we were like, well, how can we sort of get both of us to do it? Um, Cause we got that sort of like dual thing in both verses where like he does the first half and then I'll do the second half. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of intertwine as they go. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's probably like my favorite vocal phrasing that Liam's ever written as well. So, um, and then with AJ, it was like, I wrote this bridge and I was like, what would AJ from the dangerous summer do on this bridge? And I wrote it, sung it and went, that's great. But what if we could get actual AJ to do it? <laughs> and so I, I tracked it and then we reached out and was like, Hey, what do you reckon? Can you do this? And he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I love it. And like, he was really encouraging, which is sick from like yeah. one of your idols to come back to you and be like, 
this track rips man the drums are sick and like yeah it was it was a really nice experience actually actually i uh, wrote the song initially i think i just ripped a dangerous summer drum beat <laughs> and just like used oh, it. Really? but knowing <laughs> that it would get changed yeah for sure um i just knew it i just wrote just around like that as whatever. like a, a skeleton but, yeah. yeah yeah well uh, some of the That's with sick. the references um was the idea to always um, work a, a, an Oasis reference in there and then the throwback to your own stuff came or was it sort of the other way around or how did that come about? Because that's probably my favourite part of the song, actually. Hearing. Oh, no way, yeah. I think because um, Liam wrote the lyrics to this one aside yeah. from the uh, bridge, but I, I think he said in a, maybe in another interview, maybe I was just talking to him, but he said that he um, had that supernova line, I think almost first, so it, it was just like writing stuff uh, down because yeah. like he we we all went through this massive oasis binge where we were just listening to more morning glory like in every tour <laughs> yeah. and stuff. we're like we need to write music like this and we never did obviously but um but yeah it was like during that sort of binge where he was like just um talking about oasis as like a i think like not to speak for him but almost like it's like a contemplation record where you can we can listen to it and really like um, contemplate your existence and, and your place in the world and stuff mm. and um i love his work where like liam's work in the second verse um no it is the first verse where where he talks about um what it is to be and yeah. and, and trying to figure it out and stuff and it, he's just he's very clever with that sort of throwback stuff and, and fitting that in mm. um so in terms of when you when you guys are putting together the, a new record and you, you've obviously got to pick a single um how do you guys determine what's the best to release first and, and then the follow-up singles after that yeah it's interesting so um obviously like we, we released love as a dying plant as the first single but um we didn't announce the album we just released the song yep. um and it was like the the reason behind that was like well this feels like this song has been out for a long time in our minds because we've been playing it live so long we'd spoken about it we'd used the lyrics and promotion sort of stuff um and it, it although it felt like it obviously felt like the beginning of the record to us mm -hmm. it, it also was just like this is the bridging point between the previous era of the comfort and experience everything live and die so it was like well this thing can connect the dots so that just felt obvious for us to be the first single with that but then conformist for example was then the second one where we announced the album we had the video for it and um we started like re releasing all of the promotional stuff around the artwork and the drawings and space and and the things that went along with it and it felt like it really encapsulated the whole essence of experience everything live and die mm. so it was then very obvious that it needed to be the second single or the first one that the first like official single of the record um in air quotations um to say it's like uh here it is here's the next era like mm. announce the era like that whereas yeah like i said love is a dying plant was just almost like a bridging point of like this is where we're going. And when Conformist comes out, you'll see the destination, I guess, and what the record's going to have. Yeah. I think Josh from Grayscale really wanted Conformist as a single. Yeah, you're he? right, actually. Yeah. So it kind of I think when he well. first heard it, when he first heard it, he actually said, I think this is my favorite comfort song. 
you've ever written so we're like okay that's a good sign we're on the right track <laughs> yeah so like it, i guess it works that their views coincided and we were able to use it as the main single push for the album well the first one for sure the initial one well um i'm also wearing the hoodie it's uh what's it oh, uh, nice. being on the greatest record label in australia <laughs> they're fantastic um ash and josh from grayscale are just like absolute sweethearts and um they're very easy to work with they don't sort of um push us in any any direction or like ask us to write any kind of different music like some record labels would traditionally um they're just happy to let us plot along and and do our thing at our own pace and um when we're here because we can be quite slow um but when we've got something to release, they're like, great, let's do it. Let's have it out there. Um, and it's nice to be on the same record label as some other great bands like Dead Lights and Pale Dusk. And the end, the, the list is endless. <laughs> and ever-growing. Yeah, absolutely ever-growing. And um, I think, like, obviously, the the role of record labels has sort of evolved as well um with them as a resource do you think it's it's really helpful like planning things like singles and, and planning their release i guess mediums like if you can put it on vinyl and stuff um how has that sort of changed for you guys yeah for sure so um we use them as a bit of like a sounding board of like we're thinking this and bounce the ideas off and we'll have like leading up to a record we'll have say maybe monthly phone calls where we'll jump in and start just shooting ideas and talking about how we're going to do stuff and, mm. and plan it all out. Um, and then they've got usually like a set idea of like, since the last time we released a record, things have changed. So they'll like maybe explain, okay, so vinyl is going to work like this now <coughs> because it didn't work like that last time. We've got this new partnership maybe, and and we're going to print through this company and you get to choose three vinyls this time. We're like, sick. We always want more variants of vinyl. Because, <laughs> um, like, we're big vinyl guys and, and collectors and and we just want to have, like, the coolest looking shit for our own stuff. So, um, But, yeah, they're fantastic with all the, the business side of stuff. Um, and they just, they're great to work with because they genuinely just love music and love our music and love the scene and they do everything they can for the scene. Um so it's really nice to have that in your corner and have like such heavyweights in Australian alternative music backing you. I gotta say, it's cool that vinyl is so like popular again because it means we yeah. can actually put out something that we really want to put out like pretty easily. Yeah, compared for to sure. like yeah. where it was maybe fifteen years ago. It, even like when we first started, it was hard to get vinyl pressed um yeah we didn't like even do love efficiently and what and well yeah we didn't even do love until later yeah. but it was always like a when we did release the love ep it was like one day we want this on vinyl if it's popular enough um and fortunately it was popular enough and, and we got um got it pressed last year before last i think so that was a nice moment in our history i think that was also a process fitting of the comfort Oh yeah, absolutely. Like a two drawn out. since when they <laughs> did it. Um, but yeah, it was, it's really nice to just have physical artwork as well. Like just to have the piece in your living room is so sick to me. Mm. Yeah, and I think as well, 
now that Spotify is really taken a lot of money away from artists, it's probably one of the last remaining forms of income for bands on top of merch because yeah. I, I can't imagine touring would be very profitable, especially with like inflation <laughs> and stuff like that and, and flights. Yeah. Um, in Australia, yeah. not really. We haven't even we haven't even been paid for like some of the venues from our I'm not gonna name drop, but for our last tour, which was <laughs> oh, like no. three months ago now. So we're still chasing money for that. And we so we didn't even know if we broke even or not yet, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's the music industry for you. No one gives a shit unless you're Polaris or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's uh take it back a bit um, from before the comfort. Um, what are some of your memories of going to local shows? Oh, that's a good question. So Marcus and I um, met in university in first year in like 2011. Yeah. Um, so we were going to like shows like um, they don't, doesn't exist anymore, but like Christian music festivals, like Easter Fest <laughs> where you'd see like, as they lay dying and um, oh, nice. who else, the, the chariot was there. And, and so like, Fuck yeah, it was so sick. Bands from like New Zealand, Father Abraham. <laughs> and they oh, were like, yes. everyone that went to the festival <laughs> knew about them, but like no one else did. <laughs> but they always yeah. played like every year. <laughs> But yeah, there were these like sick venues around Brisbane growing up where like you just go to say like a PCYC or um, I, I mean lots of PCYCs. There was there was Mount PCYC. There was the one at um in the Valley as well. The Princess the Theater as well. Yeah, Princess Theater. Like these yeah. just these venues that just like hold special places to anyone that grew up in the in the two thousands or even probably early two thousand and tens, I suppose as well. But like you'd be going to shows and there'd be like, I can't remember, like you go to this like 150 cap PCYC and it'd be like 10 hardcore bands <laughs> playing that that sucked, but that it was full and everyone was there and having a good time and like <laughs> skating at the back and like the bowl yeah. next to the PCYC and stuff. And like, it, was, it just feels so nostalgic to me and it was sort of like maybe like a, it was always a dream of like, I want to be it's such a low dream. I want to be playing this floor on the PCYC. <laughs> <laughs> and I got there. <laughs> no, I definitely had the same feeling though. Yeah. Just, I think we pretty much went to basically the same shows. Yeah. Or the same sure, kind yeah. of events as well. Like <laughs> all the churches around were always running these youth events and getting these like yeah, bands yeah. that were like. The dream, the chase. Yeah. Dream, the chase. <laughs> yeah. Or these old bands that were like super sick and say like there was there's this one band called the dream the chase that um a lot of people have a lot of love for because it was um zach from dream on dreamer and young yeah, Lions, like that's right first band and stuff yeah. and so like everyone in brisbane i think even australia really just loved them and they'd play all these christian events and youth events and stuff and they were just like the token band but they were actually sick yeah, <laughs> I saw them with yeah. the singer from the starting line one time at the Princess Theatre. Oh, oh wow. no way! Yeah. That, what's his name? Kenny Vasoli or something? Is that Kenny, his... Yeah, Kenny Vasoli. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, that was a long time ago. So. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> it's a show I think about all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the show. nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems um sort of. There's not really much of a, an all ages scene in Australia anymore, I guess. And, no, um, yeah, and really in Brisbane, sad. it um it seems like Stepson 
uh, sort of holding it up by themselves with the the all ages shows they put on. So, yeah, shout out to them for for keeping. And, it and even still, I think most of them that stepson do are kind of like down northern New South Wales way rather than in Brisbane. So it's it's like like kids will travel down to go to those shows because it's stepson, but yeah. it's so hard to put on all ages shows in Brisbane. It's just really become difficult with like council legislation and then like it, yeah. it's just not this not as easy as it used to be where you could just rock up and hope for the best to bring a P, <laughs> like a pa a pa system somewhere <laughs> but it, even like um like when i was a kid like the first show i ever went to when i was like 13 or something was um under oath at uh Ooh. the arena in the valley in, in wow. brisbane but like I was, I was like 13 years old and <laughs> um and like it was a licensed all ages event. So like that doesn't exist anymore. You can't have a licensed yeah. all ages event. <laughs> it's just That's wild. Insane. Like that shaped my my whole musical experience, and it doesn't even exist. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, that was. I don't think we had much of that in Melbourne, and it's always weird for me to hear that. Um, I think that's more of a New South Wales and Queensland thing. But just the, the thought of like seeing like these like thirty year thirty year old dudes like drinking beers next to like a twelve year old kid like it's such a it's yeah. such an odd <laughs> thing to. It to is picture. now. I think back on it, yeah, <laughs> it probably shouldn't happen, which is why it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. There's probably some some bad behavior going on there. In saying that, though, <laughs> I think the Eden Hill Tavern does licensed. Where they put yeah, all the I think they kids do, actually. upstairs on the balcony yeah. looking down. That's sick. I like that. Yeah. But like you gotta be a pretty big band <laughs> to play show. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For a little while. Yeah. It's not really yeah, a exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um, you mentioned before about being massive sayers and fans. And yeah. um, I, funnily enough, I actually already had this question written down, but you guys supported them, which would have been an amazing experience. Um, how how was it for you? sort of having this full circle moment of being able to support one of your all-time favorite bands? Um, what's really weird is one of the first songs I ever wrote for The Comfort was heavily inspired by Sayerson. Oh, so yes, it definitely really. did feel like a weird full circle moment for me. Yeah. Sayerson's also just like a, a band that um, it was like, if I didn't go to that Under Oath show in 2007, the first show was supposed to be like Taste of Chaos with Sayerson. So it was <laughs> like they've been a band that's just been in my life since I was like, I don't know, 12, oh, yeah. 13. I think they've been on it every translated player I've ever owned since. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. So it was pretty wild. And, and honestly, like it, it's a top three show for me of like any band that I've played in. It's It was just like, so cool to be on the same stage in the same room as like Anthony Green and Bo. Yeah. yeah. So it was just pretty sick. And then to be like watching Alt, the support for the whole tour, like watching them side stage, like with Anthony, it was like, this is so sick. Like a dream come <laughs> true kind of thing. And seeing Anthony side of stage when we played as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, cool. that was cool. That's a, like, that's like a bucket list sort of like, yeah. I can't believe that happened moment. <laughs> Anthony like bopping his head while we're playing conformist. Like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I have got to ask because I know uh the tour sort of had a lot of buzz <laughs> online, sort of in a negative sense as well, because I know the poster said all the hits, all the albums, but it yeah. seemed there was only two albums played. Yep. Um what what it would have been odd to be a fly on the wall in that situation, but how did you guys feel about the set list and was it a bit of a weird energy? Because I know a lot of the people I went to 
to see uh, a lot of people I knew who saw the Melbourne leg of the tour said that the energy was just super weird because everyone was sort of yeah. just like waiting was, for like voices. Yeah, and- I was going to mention that actually because I'd heard so much negativity about uh, Melbourne and even Sydney. Yeah. Um, but I think by Sydney, everyone was kind of all over it already. Mm. Everyone had been warned. But yeah, we went to Brisbane. We were like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> is everyone okay? <laughs> Everyone's been <laughs> just complaining. Um, and so we were kind of, I guess, bummed out because there was so much negative energy. But then the show mm. just ended up being probably one of the best shows I've ever played. Yeah, um, 100%, man. Yeah, just they didn't play any. They played the same set list as Melbourne, I believe. They did, yeah. Same um, as Melbourne and Sydney. But then I in Adelaide and Perth they played Voices and You're Not Alone. <laughs> I can't I can't believe it. <laughs> but wow. but to be like to be fair, it's like I, I get it, it was advertised like that, yeah, but yeah. I I never saw Anthony singing those songs just because I think because I've followed Sasson so closely, I knew he'd only done it like three or four times, kind of yeah, thing. I think I'd seen voices <laughs> um, maybe once. With Anthony, oh, like on YouTube, on YouTube, yeah, with yeah, Anthony. yeah. There's a couple of videos around, like they're okay, but they don't feel like Anthony songs. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't really hear any negativity from the crowd in Brisbane, though. In the end, yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think like the expectations were sort of set for what was going to happen, so people yeah. had a few days to stew over it before it actually got to the, <laughs> the night. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, I love the Cove era of, of Saison, and that's probably the era that really got me into Saison. Like, I love yeah, the translating yeah. the name EP, but then when the, the self-titled Beatle record came out, it was like, that's a game changer in, in mm. like, pop emo music. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I can understand, and, and like, it was still nice to see Saison and Anthony singing that 2003 translating the name was still nuts <laughs> to me like i never yeah. thought i'd get to see those songs live i'm a demo yeah, making well. me feel old. oh yeah <laughs> i can tell there was an accident i can't believe that they played that <laughs> yeah that was nuts <laughs> i'm like still on a high from Sayerson. yeah well i think um it would have been amazing to see them regardless because i'm sure no one was expecting to see anthony green sing for Sayerson. Um, on record let alone live so yeah that would have been an amazing experience yeah exactly yeah it was nuts yeah. i'm still so stoked <laughs> we, like we got to play with circus survive a few years ago as well so we're like later oh, wow. made the joke we're sl- we're slowly ticking off the anthony green bingo card <laughs> so, <laughs> when he like ellis Jr. come out we're gonna be like come on man let's do it <laughs> yeah yeah rumor is they're coming soon yeah i hope so <laughs> maybe the sound of animals fighting Oh yeah, yeah. I used, I used to nice. love sound of it. And was it Zoloft, the Rock and Roll Destroyer? If we're, if we're going to go back further, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I'm um, going back to to touring. Um, obviously, this was supposed to be the time where the music scene was supposed to be rebounding from COVID, and um, now we're having this cost of living and inflation crisis. Um, have you have you guys noticed a difference? in touring and plan for touring and stuff like that yeah absolutely um flights and van hire and and fuel it was like it was so much more expensive that we kind of just had to go 
we're just going to do this no matter what the cost is. And if we yeah. can break even, then that's a bonus. Um, like I said before, I still don't know if we've broken even or not. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, just to get out and play the music and, and like make connections and stuff, which is really what this whole band has always been about. That was the important part for us. So like we're like we're all in our 30s and it's like we're past the point of like, wanting to really focus on making money out of this like if it happens it happens great but Mm -hmm. it's it's like we just want to play music for for the people that like our music and make those connections and and meet people that we wouldn't otherwise through the music so it was just important to get out on the road and do that are you guys noticing any of the impacts in brisbane as well from all this inflation and stuff um yeah well mark's actually lives in melbourne um, oh wow! Yeah, yikes <laughs> me, majorly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And even like, not even in a music sense, but like, I'm buying the same amount of groceries every week, and I've had to up my budget by like sixty oh, bucks dude. in the last yeah. year. It's wild. Yeah. I don't understand. It's like I'm not changing anything, but now I need to spend <laughs> way more money. Yeah, but when I moved down here, you could like get a flight back for like on a good day, seventy five bucks. Mm. And now on a good day, it's like 280 bucks. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a lot of the stuff like you you sort of um, don't notice immediately. And, and I mean, a guy at my work said it perfectly. He said, I noticed inflation when a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven doubled in price from a dollar to two dollars. <laughs> like he said, like that wow. was his barometer for like inflation. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really sad. I, I It's I sort of worry about venues um, coping with this because obviously like power and things like that is doubling yeah. and then some. And, and how does it work for them, you know, putting on mm. midweek shows where there's not going to be, you know, people kicking down the door to, to come in sort of thing. Um, yeah. How do you guys see it playing it out? Well, it's interesting because like th- those big venues say like, yeah, in more theatres and um, like, yeah, Fortitude Music Hall and all that. They're probably not going to feel it, but it's going to be the 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 smaller three hundred cap venues, the one fifties, the one hundreds, the ones that we play and like our friends play and stuff that are really going to feel it. So it's going to it's going to trickle down and affect the the lower tier bands like ourselves and affect the progress of being able to like ever make it to that bigger tier. So I I think it's going to be like a a long term problem where where we might not see the results now, but we will in say like five or ten years much like the the all ages scene ceasing yeah. to exist is like kids are now like it's a tiktok thing it's not like you, you i sound like an old dude being like yeah it's all <laughs> fucking tiktok man but um but re- but really it is like they can't go out and go to shows so they need to like find their music in in a completely novel way and very different to the way that that we used to do it where you'd go to a show and see a band play and then you'd see the other three other support acts and go oh they were sick i'm gonna buy their two dollar cd and get to know them that way now you're getting to know like 20 second bites of a song and 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 then they're trying to play these they, yeah. they'll never get to be playing these like big venues and stuff as well unless they can blow up on the internet first which is wild my favorite dude to watch um is this dude called harry mack and he just goes on a meagle and freestyles off words that people give him really <laughs> that's actually my wild. favorite dude to watch but he's insane <laughs> he's really that's good. sick 
that's like yeah. postmodern art, isn't it? Just yeah. jumping on <laughs> on Amigo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is postmodern as fuck. <laughs> it is yeah, worth well. diving down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you mentioned uh, say it was a, a bucket list band for you. Um, what what would be another bucket list band for you guys to support? Um, Circus Survive are like my favorite bands, so that was definitely <laughs> the bucket list moment. Does it, does, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, Marcus. Does it feel more special now that there's like, they're done, that we got to do that and see them and play with them? Yeah, it does. I was like, I was part of the moment in time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> after that Sayerson show, I like obviously went down a massive Anthony Green rabbit hole again yeah. <laughs> for like the 15th time in my life. But, um, <laughs> went and watched like the final circus survive show on hate five six and i was oh, like yeah. man i can't believe like i was like part of this story and this tiny little thing but like i got to experience this and and see them and play with them and meet them and and like even yeah. see them sound check and stuff like it was just so <laughs> sick but yeah sorry to another bucket list band can i say blink <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that's a good that's a good, good answer <laughs> I th- I don't think it's ever achievable, but yeah, like <laughs> I would say Carnival is one for me. Um, Carnival, but yeah. I don't know if yeah. I would ever actually get there unless it was like a festival or something. I don't really cross over that much. Nah, not particularly, but that would be sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a few. There'd be like like I'd love to play with a band like uh, Balance Composure now that they're oh, doing yeah. stuff mm, again. Yes, and and Under Oath and. Like Under Oath would be a huge one, I think. Can we play sure. with every band that Will Yips worked with just to yes. work our way into his onto his radar? Yeah. Just create Will, nice. Will Yip Fest and yeah. Yeah, just jump on the lineup. But if we're really shooting for the stars, I'd be going Blink, Deftones, and Under Oath, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Deftones would be incredible. We should make the stars. Did you guys on team of good things? I yes did. yeah i did um at the Melbourne. a lot of people complaining about the the sound in the other cities but in brisbane it was sick i loved it yeah. but they didn't play sex tape in brisbane really oh that's they yeah. yeah yeah they're, yeah, they're no probably one of my my favorite ever bands and i would have thought like sex tape would almost yeah. you know yeah i of thought the it was a songs. given yeah, yeah. <laughs> sex tape was like my favorite part of good things Sorry. They did get um Max Cavalera up for a song as well though, so that was kind of sick. Yeah, nice. It would have been amazing to see. I'm I missed it unfortunately, but oh, um, I was I was sort of holding out for a, a sideshow, which never came. Yeah, so. yeah. Adelaide yeah. Adelaide only. Yeah, I know. What a what a weird place yeah. to have an exclusive sideshow. <laughs> And after good things, uh, my partner and I were like, next time, let's just be like, let's just not go to the festival. We'll flat Adelaide. Like, yeah. why, why not? Yeah. They would have played like an hour and a half as well, which would have been good. Yep. Yeah. You would have Honestly, definitely gotten sex tape. Too. In Melbourne, yeah. the sound yeah. was so quiet that everyone's conversation was louder. That sucks. Yeah. Around, yeah. <laughs> that's festivals though. It does feel like that's just all festivals unless yeah. you're right next to a speaker. Hmm. Which yeah. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, being obvious space enjoyers, um, I thought I'd ask this question. If you guys were all shot out into space, um, outside of friends and family, what would you miss most and who would be the one to crack first and come home? Oh, that's, that's a cool question. <laughs> Hang on. So are we in like a shuttle together? Yep. I, I would crack first for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just because we're together? Yeah, Dom and Liam are just like the same person. <laughs> just relentless like bullies of yeah. their friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or each other, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Marcus is probably the first to crack, but what would I miss if I was shot into space? Realistically, I think we would all miss our dogs and partners. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a very, very good point. And we well, would and probably all decide to act at the same time. Because we'd all be talking about our dog. And we'd be like, all right, let's just go. Why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> Great answer. Um, all right, well, just a, a couple more to, to wrap things up, but um, who are a few Aussie locals we should be checking out? Oh, um, I think Wife Cult from Brisbane mm, yes. are absolutely incredible and they're about to be doing, like, insane things. Um, they're from, well, actually not from Brisbane, from Sunshine Coast. Um, got this real sort of, like, chilled out but still very <clears throat> rocky vibe. Um, think, like, uh, maybe, like, early 2000s, late 90s, rock like australian rock music scene like yeah you're something for kate your green spoons your silver chairs that kind of thing um and they really take that and then spin it in their own way but yeah check out wife cult for sure another one uh, out I'm of Brisbane, bad, bad neighbor oh yeah go for it yeah the, <laughs> the drummer, drummer of wife cult from lot dispute who would have thought what really? yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he lives on the Sunshine Coast. I think maybe his his partner is um is Australian. I think something like that. No way. And yeah, he plays in Wife Cult. Crazy. A lot of dispute. <laughs> it's not. <nuts>. <laughs> Very That's so cool. Yeah, but J- Jareth and Joey, the other two in in Wife Cult, are like absolute sweethearts and yeah. incredibly talented. So. Mm. But yeah, also Bad Neighbor from Brisbane, like a um rocky almost maybe a punk band. Um, like I guess sort of like your your pop Smith Street band, but also like against me kind of punk. Mm. Um and they're they're nuts too, so definitely check them out. They're gonna be doing some special things very soon. I think they've just joined joined um Destroy All Lines as well with the uh their booking agency. So they'll be they'll probably get some sick tours coming up, hopefully. So that'd be nice for them. Yeah, um great. Wayside, Wayside <laughs> yeah, from Wayside. Melbourne. Wayside of Dope. Um, and there's got to be a good Sydney band. What's well, a good Sydney band? They're all great. Speed. Shout out to Speed Hardcore. Speed. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yes. if you've heard of them, but they're... Uh... <laughs> nah, yeah, Speed Sick. Kaleidoscope. I thought they were... Kaleidoscope, yeah. yeah. They're New- Newcastle, I think. Yeah. Um, Kaleidoscope. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah they sort of on our... <laughs> On our tour, they play with us in Sydney, and they were they were really sick. So, yeah, check out Wife Cult, Kaleidoscope, um, Bad Neighbor, Wayside, and Speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, I guess one of the last questions I want to leave you with, um, what's the plan for the rest of the year for for you guys? Are you guys looking at new music, more touring, or 
I know it's probably early to suggest new music, but um, yeah, what's the what's the plan? It sort of new isn't. It isn't like sure. we're, we're yeah we're always <laughs> writing new music and and we've probably got say like oh, twenty songs in the bank oh, <laughs> that are like some are ready to go, some are nearly ready to go, and we just sort of need to get our ass into gear and figure out where we're going to record them and go do it. Um, yeah, but then also like we'd love to be touring again before the end of the year um and actually october this year it will mark 10 years of the comfort being a band wow. so yeah we're it's pretty mind-blowing um so we're hoping to do something special for that um yeah. it's always going to be in the works but uh we'll see we should play <laughs> your light is not worth your dark <laughs> yes from the ghosts ep if anyone's still out there <laughs> and one of the first songs released i believe I think it was the released. it was the first song released, yeah. Yeah. yeah like a demo version of it that's floating <laughs> around on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, well if uh if Sayson can crack out a demo song, then then you guys should definitely <laughs> Yes, it, so. good point. Very good point. There's is twenty years old, ours is ten. That's all right. <laughs> There's actually wait, they're both on Spotify. <laughs> but yes, we will be playing it, it's confirmed. Ready first. Our seven-minute first ever single. <laughs> With like a three-minute instrumental outro for some reason. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, uh, thanks very much for coming on, on the show. Um, we're super excited uh, for you guys um, getting back, doing some touring and stuff like that. Um, anyone who's listening, uh, make sure you check out the new the new album experience, Everything Live and Die. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. And, um, yeah, you guys wish you all the best. And I hope to see you here soon. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thanks for having us. <laughs>